Welcome to episode 31 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dodd. And it is Wednesday because we both texted each other. Oh, I think I texted you early Tuesday morning. And I'm like, dude, this is kind of a Monday morning. There's no way that I can do this. Can we do it tomorrow? And you texted back and basically said you were going to say the same thing. So, yep. You read my mind. You beat, you literally beat me to it. Yeah. Probably five minutes before I was going to text you and be like, dude, it's not going to happen today. And I think, I think I was actually going to text you at about five 30 when I woke up nice and was like, wow, it's Tuesday. Supposed to do a podcast. I got to edit and post up my YouTube vlog. I just, I, I woke up kind of in a cold sweat, like it's Tuesday. I have a lot to do on Tuesdays that I normally have time to prep on Mondays and I didn't have my Monday to prep. So, um, yeah. And I'm still kind of running around with my head cut off over here because I got to prep for the OTOA show, uh, the Ohio tactical officers, officers association. They, they have a show on next Tuesday, but I take my family up cause it's at a, it's at a huge indoor water park. Uh, and so I bring my family along. It's, it's one of the few business trips that I can, I can turn into a family vacation and it works out pretty good. Cause basically I work for like a day or day and a half over there and it, uh, and all the rest of the time I get to spend with my family in the water park. We take a couple extra days uh, before and after just to just enjoy being up there. So I'm excited for that. Cause my kids are finally, uh, I think they're finally getting old enough and brave enough to start hitting more of the slides. At least they've all been talking about how they can't wait to ride the slides this year. So I'm excited to not just sit in a lazy river and wave pool and actually maybe be able to hit some, hit some water slides. Yeah. I have that adventure side to me. I don't want to just be floating around. I want to kind of push the limits when I get the opportunity. Yeah. You know, with things like water parks or roller coasters, you know, if it looks scary, and looks like your life is on the line, sign me up. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. I love, especially on after the show's over on Tuesday, and I've been staying on my feet all day in the show, I really just want to go down to the lazy river and just float. But the rest of the time, yeah, I, I want to hit some of the water slides. I feel you, man. That's that's kind of the uh, the metaphor of this whole business journey. It's like, you just feel like you're getting kicked all the time and you have some successes obviously, but you know, sometimes it just feels like all you need is to just sit down and turn off for a little bit. Yeah. I I feel like I I got the opportunity again this past weekend to kind of do that, but it's kind of an ironic experience because we're up at the cabin. My whole family went up to my dad's property in the Midwestern Pennsylvania area And, you know, we didn't have a whole lot to do and my kids are still pretty young. So there's not a ton that we really ever do. We kind of just play outside in the yard with bubbles and take them to the Creek to swim and all that kind of stuff. But I just found myself getting kind of stir crazy. And I don't know if you get like that, but yeah, I'm supposed to be relaxing. It's like, man, I don't even want to relax. I want to find an adventure. And my wife was kind of getting irritated with me because she was, she saw me walking around and just like messing with my Jeep and stuff when the kids were napping. And 
I didn't have anything to fix in the Jeep, but I was just poking around and she's like, what is your problem? Just sit down and relax. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm always looking for another adventure. So, you know, I'm at the cabin. I, it just brings back memories. When we were younger, I had dirt bikes and all my friends and I would ride all over. There's miles of trails and old, old quarries and things. We'd build jumps and tracks and stuff. And so, so my cabin experience was always, the time of the year where I get to go have crazy adventures and kind of live on the edge. And as we're growing up, that's changed dramatically. And now everyone just wants to kind of sit around and relax. And I'm like, man, I just want to go do something. Yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's hard to turn off and, and, and relax, but I feel like I, I, I got enough relaxation and then got to do enough adventuring at the same time. There was a good balance this past weekend, but it did not prepare me for this week. And this week has been a kind of, I just feel like it's a circus. I I think that's the best way to, to describe it. And I don't know, it sounds like you're having the same kind of thing going on, but we did have a, a promotion going on over the weekend. And I told the guys that I expected this promotion would, whatever, bring 30 orders in or something. I, I honestly didn't think it was going to do a lot because my intention wasn't to push a massive sale. I didn't promote it a lot. I didn't team up with our ambassadors and tell them to all post three times over the course of the weekend. Um, so anything you saw was organic. I posted one time on Friday and then we had our newsletter, but we have so many orders out here. I don't even... We don't even know where to start. It's just that right now. So before this whole promotion, we did a couple production runs of our two third eight apps, our full size target plates, our eight app top brackets, and our hostage brackets. And it wasn't even close to enough. Normally, what we would stock for a month, it's gone in three days, and we had to actually run two more runs just. Nice just to have the product, but then we're extremely, extremely backlogged. And I just saw them bring all the stuff down from the paint room and it fills up the entire shipping area, just the painted product. That's awesome. He has boxes already made up and we have no room to move. So just trying to figure out like, what do we do from, what do you physically do when, you know, you, you have this volume of orders. So we went through and sorted all the orders. I spent probably, three hours yesterday just going through the stack of orders and separating them by material and product. And we're just going to start working through orders like that to try to keep everything moving forward. But, yeah. You know, it, it's a good thing. It, it yeah. really is. Awesome. I'm not saying it's bad, but at the same time, man, I came back from this weekend expecting to, to have, you know, a pile of orders, but something Mark could deal with in one day. And now we're at the point where every single thing on our shelf that we normally stock is gone. And we, everything we produced over the last week is gone. It's committed to orders. And now we don't even have things like angle rings for the, the bases, the round bases. So we had to scramble and order that. We had to get more angles laser cut. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it, I guess it's our fault because I mean, it is at the end of the day, cause we, 
it was kind of poor planning at the same time, you know, thinking, Oh, it's not going to do anything. I should have known better, but you know, live and learn. Yeah. That's, that's how this goes. <laughs> it's, it's fun figuring out how to scale and, and adapt. And there's also a little bit of a challenge of that too. Cause, cause you don't want to over, uh, you know, you don't want to overstock yourself too much and maybe sitting on a bunch of product. And, um, so it's, uh, yeah, that, that's a fun challenge. I'm glad it went well for you. We, uh, we didn't run one. Then we took, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week. We, I'm going to run one Father's Day, which actually turns into a longer promotion because I run it because I want people to be able to order and get it and be able to have it in time for Father's Day instead of you know order over Father's Day. So I'll probably run it for like a week. Um, so you know we are kind of prepping for that, but you know we're also prepping for you know like I said I I take product to this OTOA show, but I also need product here. And then basically we get back and we've got maybe a week before I run the father's day sale. And, and, uh, and so it, and honestly, I'm, we're already kind of starting to put away product for Christmas too. I mean, not a ton, but now we put away a little bit uh, each month. So that way when it comes time to Christmas, we aren't like just, you know, we're scrambling over Thanksgiving, uh, right. trying to make stuff. So, um, yeah, we try to kind of think ahead. We did this last year and it was, it was just nice to be able to, you know, you know, to get to that, that time of year and you're just opening up boxes of, of product that's already done. Right. So that's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. I just, I struggle to find space. Yeah. It's just the, we actually, I don't know. Are you done with your thought? I didn't want to cut you off there. No, you're, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Okay. We actually talked about getting those Connex containers, shipping containers, mm-hmm. and sticking two of them out front so that we could do production runs. And you know, normally a production run for us, we do bases. It'll be 120 bases. And normally right after we are done producing those bases, they get through paint. We're gearing up to do another round of 120. But we were talking at what point does it make sense to do 240 or 360 and just sticking the other 240 in a shipping container Yeah, outside of our shipping area so that when Mark needs them, we're just an extra. I mean, I don't think you need to do that many more. If you do an extra 50 a month, you know, for the next few months, <clears throat> I mean, that would be a huge, huge help. You know, it's not like you gotta, I mean, obviously you know how many you need, you know, approximately for Christmas time, but, um, even if you just do, just do a little bit each month. I think we put away maybe, I don't know, yeah, yeah, maybe fifty a month or something. Yeah, and so which is, you know, really isn't that much work. But instead of having to build five hundred, you know, coming, you know, coming October, <laughs> you know, like yep, like a hundred or something. So yeah, it's so, it, it. It really is a balancing act, and I. I also enjoy the struggle and the challenge of it. My my biggest concern that I always have is I don't want to make customers upset with lead times. And whenever we get swamped like this, there's inevitably a lead time. Right. And just to get through the amount of orders, it takes us about a week. And so it's it's a frustrating experience at the same time because up until this point this year, we have had 
zero lead times. I mean, if you ordered product from us, it was shipping same or next day for almost everything. And if, if it didn't ship same or next day, it was a product that we advertised that this thing has a lead time, whether it's a plate rack or something specialty like that. Um, but I don't know. So it's, it's kind of a, a bittersweet thing. I mean, it's growing, it's growing pains. It's a good thing. But at the same time to, to see that we weren't able to um, ship everything as quickly as I would have liked is still kind of a little bit, a um, little bit of a downer, but what's your biggest bottleneck in that, in their, in your process? Painting for sure. Yeah. Painting is always the bottleneck. And I, honestly, I don't even know if I talked about this at all, but what really held us back over the last, I want to say three weeks, our painter actually really seriously hurt his back. He's actually going for back surgery. Hmm. So we had no paint going through the paint room for probably two weeks. Wow. And during that time, we had to scramble and figure out who, who can paint. And we found somebody that can help us out and do paint. So we're, we're geared back up and we're not as efficient as we were, but we're moving forward. And so some, some of the stuff was out of our control. We wanted to be doing products through those, that two to three week period. We had everything geared up and built and burned and ready to go, but we just could not get it through paint. Um, and that honestly is why our discussion over the last six months has started to entertain the idea of putting in a powder coating line and see we've been talking to a couple of people and seeing if, if that's something with a legitimate conveyor, if that's something that makes sense for us. Yeah. I mean, paint seems like something that's, that's, you know, and when I say easily, I don't, I don't really mean like, Hey, this is something you just set up today, but I mean, adding paint and a paint line, that's something that already exists out there. And it's just a matter of, either funding or finding the space for right so at least that's not you know for us our biggest bottleneck is is making eclipse is getting them bent <clears throat> and there's nothing really that exists currently that can do what we need done so for us it's like i gotta engineer and figure out how to make a and then spend the money on on trying to make some kind of contraption to to bend clips for us and uh so yeah, I'm not trying to downplay your 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 situation at all. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's it's definitely within the realm of possibility. It's definitely doable to figure it out. And we did take a ton of steps in efficiency in the paint room last year, the end of 2018. And it helped us out a lot, but we've been growing rapidly even through this year up to this point. And so that always puts strain on the systems you put in place. And it's part of the fun. I mean, we've talked about it a million times. It's part of the addiction, being able to always have constantly revolving pieces. And as soon as you figure out your system and you think you're good, well, all of a sudden order volume goes up again and you realize that you're taxing that system you just put in place. So you're playing catch up and trying to forecast with such an unpredictable um, thing with the new, with a new business. Yeah. It's hard, really. We we like to forecast out, and I love to try to predict over the next couple of years and, and what systems we're going to have in place, but the unpredictability of, of where we're at is a very real real thing that we've got to face. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy just thinking about 
and having some kind of plan on what I would need to do, you know, so I'll, I'll yeah. just play what if, you know, what if, you know, some big manufacturer, you know, some big gun company wants to, you know, you know, wants to start moving neomags or something and, and they need, I don't know, 5,000 a month. <laughs> like what would, <laughs> what would what we happens? have to do to make that happen? Like <laughs> that, it, <clears throat> that is something it's doable. There's, I just, it's not something that we could do right now, but it's something that, that, that we could, we, we can make happen. Um, right. You know, the, the manpower and stuff and, and space. And, you know, so I, I, I like to at least have, have, you know, have some forethought with that. And that's something that, that, that I've needed plenty of times over the last four years. Like I've, I've mentally had a game plan for, you know, how to expand and, I would say nine times out of 10, those, those thoughts and plans I had came to fruition and I actually needed to use, use those plans. So it, it's definitely a good idea to have, you know, you know, just think about those things. You know, what if I need to quadruple, uh, because hopefully eventually, you know, it, it's, you know, I hope it's not overnight that I need to quadruple, but you know, hopefully over the next couple, couple years or five years, things quadruple so you know right take to get to that get that point i love thinking about that stuff and um i mean duster is kind of talking about that the other week and uh and you know we're, we're talking about kind of w- what it would take for us to need to get out of our current shop and into another shop and and for me i think what it, it, it it's going to be when I need, when and if I need another CNC machine. And really the question is when it comes time to need another CNC machine, what makes more sense? Does it make sense to, to uh, find another location and move and completely move the operation and then purchase a CNC machine and put it in that space? Or does it make more sense just to sub that out to somebody and just stay where we are and keep doing what we're doing? Yeah. You know, so there's, you know, you know, there's all those plans in, you know, cause at some point it's going to make sense to move and to get another CNC, but, but I feel like it's, it's going to be a lot more than just current production needing more. You know, I just, I like to kind of play all that stuff out and try to figure out, uh, you know, at what point does it make sense to, you know, you know to make a certain move. That's fun. Yeah. And that's where the, the term, big, hairy, audacious goal comes in. I don't know if you've ever read, I forget what book I read that had that in there. People talk about that all the time. And I, I love running those scenarios as well, where it's like, Oh man, I can't, can't imagine this like in reality, but what if, you know, those things happened. And what's funny is I remember in our first year talking about the what ifs and trying to predict where we would go. And I just remember I forget even the number that I was thinking, but it was a certain number dollar amount for an order. And I was like, I can't imagine getting that much for one order. And now that happens regularly. And it's like, it blows my mind that that used to be crazy to me. And now we're here and it's like, I expect that a couple times a month to get those bigger orders because we're on the radar of people. Right. Now I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I can't imagine when we're going to get that kind of an order, whatever, quote unquote, that is. 
And I know in two years that is going to happen. And it's, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, it's, it's crazy how things feel kind of unrealistic, but yet you're growing confidence in your business and your strategy. Yeah. And you're seeing that unfold. So now when I have these crazy ideas or I'm playing these what if scenarios, it doesn't feel um, impossible anymore. It's just, okay. Well, I'm how curt- long, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say just how long is it going to take and what do I got to do to, to make that happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm currently living a situation that years ago I thought was, was going to be unattainable or it was going to take a lot longer to get to this point. You know, so I, I, I no longer have this, this mindset, like this, this possibility is impossible. Right. Cause I think everything I'm doing now, like everything that, <laughs> My entire life situation right now, I, five years ago, I would have told you it was impossible. So um, I've kind of proven to myself that, that you know, whatever I think of and, and, and plan for or would like to, you know, you know, whatever that big, hairy, audacious goal is, it's a, it's a real possibility. I mean, you know, if I'm willing to work, work towards it and... And, uh, and then there's, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but right. it's a possibility because I mean, it's just a, a changed, a little bit of a changed mindset because you go from that phase where it's like, yeah, that would be cool, but that'll never happen to, okay, I've seen this happen and it is possible. So it's worth me putting a ton of time and effort into it and planning it out and preparing for it. In my opinion, that's kind of how I see it unfolding in my life. Yeah. So how's your, uh, it, it's been a few weeks now that, uh, we were talking about like our YouTube channels and stuff. How's that, how's that going for you? Good. I, I haven't been going nuts with it. I, I have so many videos that I want to shoot and I'm just trying to find the time to make it happen. Um, but I, I've seen a lot of growth on the YouTube end. I don't know how many subscribers off the top of my head I'm up to. I, I think around 2000 at this point, nice. which is pretty cool. I, I think I, I know YouTube is harder to grow than, um, somebody's going to say, I'm that's not true. Somebody probably listening has grown a YouTube page and blown it up. But to me, from my experience, YouTube has been uh, much slower at the growth, but it's cool. I, I love it. I love it as a medium to reach people and put out other ideas and other videos and, and share my input on things. Um, but it's just so time, it's so time consuming. Yeah. And that's, so I have a sense the week that, that I talked about wanting to start investing in YouTube. I've, I've stuck with it. I've, I've put out at least one video a week, each week. Um, and not all of that. It, I, so I just, I'm on the computer here. I was trying to find, I haven't really even looked at stats too much. I I actually feel like, and this is just feeling. I I, I don't I don't have any stats to back us. I feel like I haven't got as many new followers as what I was when I was completely ignoring YouTube. <laughs> Maybe that's. <laughs> I mean that that might not be true it's at all. You're, it's like watching a pot boil. Exactly. You know, yeah, like it's I'm never gonna boil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's that's probably what it is. But yep. Um, but. I've heard a lot of feedback, you know, I've heard a lot more feedback 
since I've been putting effort into it than when I wasn't putting effort at all. So it's being noticed and people are watching. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun to do, fun to do. And I, I think I've finally figured out um, my formula for kind of what each episode looks like. Um, Cause it, the first few that we did, I, I like I started doing this right before I went to uh, like a weekend long training event with a bunch of people. And so we vlogged that and then kind of went right from that to the NRA show. And that was a whole weekend long vlogging stuff. So I had these, I had these events where I had a ton of content and I had like 20, 30 minute episodes. And, and in my mind, I was like, that was what it was going to be like, you know, each episode. Well, that I I can't come up with 30 minutes. Right. or 20 minutes of stuff every week. Cause kind of do the same thing every week as far as, as actual work, you know, as far as building EOMAGs and machining and stuff like you only show that so often. Um, so it's kind of drove us to, uh, to kind of think outside of the box and, you know, like there's been a couple of times where we, where, where we did kind of have to formulate something. Um, but for the most part, something happens every week that, that that is kind of interesting and so it, it it's been fun just to kind of let that happen and um the one i just put up is when i just got my jeep and actually that looks i got more views on that in the first 18 hours than i have print in any of my videos since like in the last month um like total so it, it yeah, that's kind of one of the things that in uh I don't know if you were there when we were talking about this. So um no, I don't think you were. So me me and Dusty met with uh Sean Heron from We Like Shooting was out here. He was he was in he's doing a medical class at a at a place nearby. And uh and so we met up with him for lunch and and, and we were talking and um and we're talking about how some of these YouTube channels that that we watch, how yeah, so I use Demolition Ranch uh, as, as an example. I don't know. Do you watch his channel? I have in the past. I don't anymore, but I, I definitely know exactly who you're talking about. He's probably one of the ones that that I do watch like the most religiously. I, I think Matt just. I I think he's probably one of the best YouTube vloggers. Uh, at least that I've seen, and uh, and what, what you know when I started watching him, it was just him and a couple guns and like in his woods, you know, doing silly stuff. And now he's got this, you know, this this big grandi you know grandiose thing where he's got like you know he's he's bought Hummer and he bought like a Baja Rally truck and you know just you know things keep progressing. And I mean, Sean, we're kind of talking about how like in some way that's kind of disconnected us because he's not this guy that's just like us anymore. But at the same time, I told him, I totally get it though. Like if you do this week after week, year after year, you figure out that, you know, you know what people want to see and people don't want to keep seeing the same thing. Like you kind of have to constantly keep outdoing yourself if you want to, keep people coming back, you know, it, and, uh, and so that's going to be kind of the hard, 
you know, one of the hard things now, you know, I, I I'm never going to make money off my YouTube channel. Like I'm, I'm just going to say that. Um, so it's going to be, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be able to use my YouTube channel money to roll into my YouTube channel and, and buy Hummers and, and Baja cars and stuff. So it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, long-term how this goes. I, I've had a few other good sized channels, uh, you know, watch some of my videos and they all had great things to say. And they said that, you know, I should be a 5,000 uh, subscribers you know, within the year. And I'm like, well, that's where it's going to be something big better happen. Cause I'm gaining like a couple a week. <laughs> like, like I think I'm at like, I'm below 700 subscribers right now. I'm like, I'd be, I'd be happy if I was at a thousand within the year at the rate that I'm gaining people. Well, and I'm, I can't, so I can't speak as like this, um, super well-versed YouTube guy. I can only talk about what I've seen so far, but I noticed that once I hit a thousand, it's grown a lot quicker. Yeah. I worked a lot harder to get to a thousand than closing it on 2000. I just checked that 1,911. So I need to change that number cause it's 1911 and it makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> the old FUD. My, uh, my YouTube channel has won two world wars. So <laughs> if you don't get the reference, just don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just poking fun. But yeah, I did notice that you do get a better return as you're going. And I've had a lot more people looking at my other videos coming from my videos, you know, checking out my other content and it does help having an Instagram. And I've had a lot of people say, not a lot, but a couple of people say, Oh, well, it must be nice because you can just point them to your YouTube from Instagram. And I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like people think. Yeah. I don't, I can't just put a, a story up with a swipe up and all of a sudden I gain 500 subscribers. Nobody has the attention span to really, in my experience, and I could be doing something totally wrong, but you can't, you don't just send someone from one platform to another and expect, nope, not at all. expect to get tons of, of good feedback or, or results from that. And it's, it is 100% a grind on every single platform that I've played with. It never comes easy and it has never come fast, but some people figure it out. They, if you can get into a groove and I'll give the example of this. So there's a very specific reason why I started posting with that lever action rifle. I don't know if you saw that, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There's very a very specific reason why I did that. Um, I stole it from Jeremy over at Keystone Munitions, and I know he listens to our podcast, and he freaking loves that I'm posting up with uh, with that lever gun. But there's something that I see happening in the lever gun industry, and they're updating, and they are offering guns now with M-lock rails and yeah. suppressor ready. And that blows people's minds. <laughs> so why not get ahead of the curve yeah. and be known as the guy that is posting the content with the lever action? Um, and that blew up TA targets. It blew up Keystone Carry. So if you can find the current, jump into it. And when you find it, you put out the content. And YouTube is going to be the same way with that. And so is Instagram. And I, I know you know that as well. Um, as much as we hate to kind of be part of trends at the same time, you got to find that kind of stuff to get into it. And I don't know. I, I haven't found that for YouTube yet. It's, it's one of those things where I'm just kind of putting out videos that I like and getting feedback and weeding through the trolls. Yeah. Which are 
prevalent in the YouTube world. Yeah, yeah. It's downright depressing, honestly. That's one reason. Uh, which thankfully, my YouTube channel is so small that even the trolls haven't found me yet. They haven't yeah. really had. I'll put it this way: I maybe you can give me feedback. I must talk with my hands a lot, and as I've been watching my videos, I do talk with my hands a lot. Everyone just bashes the crap out of me. I don't understand. Why, I don't understand why people care. I mean, I use my hands too. I don't know if I do more or less. I haven't really paid that, that close of attention, but yeah, that, that, that's a weird thing to get to get wrapped up about, dude. I swear, probably a hundred comments on the one video, and it was a video I shot at probably eleven thirty at night after a long day of working, and then working on the Jeep afterwards. Like I, I probably put in like eighteen hours that day and slept six hours the next night. And I was just tired. And I think that was part of why I was just like moving around and stuff. So it was a little eccentric. But yeah, to take the amount of time to leave a comment like, oh, dude, stop waving your hands around. And the one guy was like, hands in my face would not be tolerated. Like it was essentially saying he'd kick my butt if I did that in person. It's like, it's a video, dude. (laughs) Just chill out. It's a freaking video. But it's a good journey. I don't know. It's all learning. I mean, I, I, I know that I've, I've had people call like to place orders and stuff. And, and anytime somebody calls, I always ask them uh, how they found the product and they've said YouTube. Now they haven't said it's from my video specific or anything. I, I haven't got that in depth when I ask them, but I mean, I know that there are people finding my product on YouTube, so uh, it definitely helps. So that's been, that's been fun. I, I, I really enjoy the process of, of making the videos, it's fun to, you know, you know, to make these short stories basically. And, um, it's, it's fun for me and Dusty to, to watch them and, and, uh, just cause we have fun. So it's fun to watch us have fun. Yeah. And it's another thing to, to be learning in the realm of marketing your products and yourself ultimately. I mean, that's kind of, I would say for you more so what you're doing is marketing who you guys are. Right versus trying to sell a product. And it's kind of the same thing that I'm trying to achieve. It's just so that people know who's behind the business and what, what they have going on so that there's some familiarity there before just pulling the trigger on a product. Yep. But I think it's going good. I wrote down both of our subscribers in my notes here. So we have them on this date where we're at. I like to keep track of things like that. And then looking back, it's, it's fun. I, I should, I wonder if I can go back and look and see how many subscribers I had, you know, when I decided to just to start doing this every week, I'm sure I could probably go back and, and figure that out. Yeah, you should. It's, it's a good metric to kind of see how your, how your growth is. I, I wish I would have paid more attention to some of the details inside the business when we started and, and started kicking off because we had outsourced our social media at the start. And I think I took over at like 5,000 followers on it when we had Instagram. Then I, I started doing everything myself. But I wish I would have paid more attention to some of those details because they are rewarding. And when you're doing it right and you're seeing progression, um, it, is, it is an opportunity to kind of pat yourself on the back, not in like a weird prideful way, but just be like, you know, this is working. You're, yeah, it's working. You're doing good. You know, I, I, I think we need to be taking time to track that kind of stuff. 
but it, it's hard. It's hard to you know, put that into your, your list of things that are most important when tracking followers doesn't go to your bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and speaking of which I, uh, I've noticed, so it's been, it's probably been a couple months now. Uh, I was talking about using, uh, what's called later. So like you can schedule posts uh, for social media. And I really, really liked that because I was able to just sit down one day a week and just schedule out the whole week and not really have to think about it. I I would just add things here and there. Well, I kind of just got busy. It's, It's like anything I get, I got on a roll with something and then one thing happens and I fall off the wagon. So I fallen off the wagon of, of, of using later, but I've noticed a uptick in my daily follower growth since I, just cause I tended to schedule posts for when I knew that, that I had the most viewership, right? So I'd schedule it for, I don't know, for noon and, and nine o'clock every day, like, you know, on the dot. And maybe that, you know, maybe I, I should go back and try it again and com- just completely randomize because now I just randomly post, post stuff. I'll be like, Oh man, I haven't posted anything today. I'm just going to hop on and grab something. That might be three o'clock in the afternoon. It might be 11 o'clock at night, but I'm definitely much more random and when I post now and some days I'll post one thing, some days I'll post three or four. Um, but I've noticed a big growth, a, a big, big change in how many followers I'm getting each day. Um, so it's, it, it's kind of an interesting thing that's just happened. So uh, I, I've, I've not been using later for a little while now. It's the mystic magical world of trying to figure out <laughs> well and the best solutions and, and like i know later so i think it's like the only platform apparently that's that's approved to you know to use schedule post for but part of me was still like i bet i know instagram can tell uh, i'm sure that they have the technology to tell if you're using a repost thing especially if later is it's kind of their approved thing. I guarantee that they can tell when right. you're when you using that to post. I'm like, I, I can almost guarantee Instagram is going to throttle back uh, scheduled posts over it. And I think they can even tell when you use like a, a, a repost app. Um, so, I, you know, not using that and just going more random. I've, I've noticed, noticed a change. So I'm going to keep us going for a little while longer and then, I might go back to later, but go back. But but when I do use it, just completely randomize when, you know, when I post stuff each each day instead of picking the same times. So that's I, I thought I'd share that. Yeah, that's cool for anybody out there. That's the the whole metaphor of what we're doing is trying stuff, figuring it out. Sometimes it works great. Sometimes it works great for a little bit, and then it falls off. Yeah, but. I mean, other times you find things that just work, but I've found more often than not my quote unquote solutions for social media work for like three months. Right. 
And then I'm right back to, oh man, nothing's performing. What do I got to do? And then I try to find those currents that I was talking about. And it might be a new trend that people are coming out with, or maybe it's creating a trend. You know, like I said, with the lever gun, the tactical lever gun, I don't really know anybody else who's posting content right now with tactical lever guns, (laughs) but I can promise you they will be in the next six months. That's going to be a thing. I want to start a trend with tactical muskets. You know, we talked about that and yeah. it's funny because that's kind of like in Ethan's realm. That's kind of why we named him tactical frontiersman on Instagram because he's all into like 44 mags and lever action, old school rifles and yeah, has tons of flintlocks. Flintlock rail on a flint on a flintlock. Dude. And you got to have a vert grip for sure. Yeah. Like you, you have to you put like a five I'm to hold- 20 optic on it and, Dude, I'm holding you to this. That'd be awesome. Like a one to six or one to eight optic. That'll be perfect. Yeah, on a flintlock. <laughs> <laughs> How will it clear the hammer? <laughs> Got to have it offset to the left and you have burn marks all over it. And you're using a gun that's like, what, 50 MOA at 10 yeah. feet or something? <laughs> yeah. With a, you got to be running like a high, a high dollar optic too. And a yeah. flash hider. Can you run a flash hider with a round ball? Uh, the, the real question is, can you put a suppressor on a flintlock? Well, I'm sure you could. I don't know how that would how that would fare. I know they've done it with inlines. Silencer Co. had that, uh, I forget what it was called, but it was an integrally suppressed inline 50 yeah. cal muzzleloader. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But it's all cool, man. Good stuff. Well, I know we got we to gotta keep this a little short this, this week. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on, so why don't we wrap up? Sounds good. Hopefully that was enough random information for everybody, but yeah. you know, so goes the journey of business people. Yeah, sometimes uh, uh, I like to, I like doing just these these random uh, podcasts. We yeah. do have, uh, we do kind of a topic that we'll hit up next week, and then we also have a couple of interviews with some people lined up that we're that we're looking forward to to get going. So we're gonna yeah. get on those and try to get that stuff scheduled. So the homework I'm going to send everybody home with is just to share the podcast with somebody else. That would be awesome. If you can just shoot a text out to a buddy and be like, Hey, check out forging the journey podcast. Um, Nothing else. I'm not asking for tons of stuff, but it would be so cool if you could bring your friends who are interested in, in the gun industry and the business and the things like that over here to give us a listen. Hopefully they like it. Want to subscribe and download our our episodes because we put them out every week. Yep. Cool, man. All right. It was good talking to you, and catch up again next week. Yeah, have a have a good rest of the week, and hopefully you guys can get caught up, and hopefully we can get caught up. <laughs> yep, that's the goal. Thanks for everybody listening. Uh, we appreciate you. Yep. We'll talk to you next week. All right, man. We'll see. You.